I don't know. I don't know, Roberts, but I'm blaming the damn cat. Whoa, what the hell is wrong with you? Did you just yawn? I was yawn. I was yawning. What the hell, bro? You mean the stress? The stress didn't amplify you. Holy crap! Total. When we get into it, I'll get my second win. My God, folks! Welcome to the program. (laughs) The madness (laughs) before the show. I'm not kidding you. We. um, It's those last second. Look, I'm, I think I busted a sweat here, bro. You know, you know, I was, I was good. I was good to go like 28 minutes ago. Like 28 then, minutes ago. <laughs> it wore me down. Well, you know, it does that. I'm just trying to adjust my settings as we go. Dude, this is weird. This is what happens when a cat sneaks into your studio. And, and it, this lie, I don't know everything that's messed up right now, but it looks like I'm getting sound. It looks like the Sam's broadcaster is working. It looks like the OBS is working. So, Scotty, I think... We just don't touch anything for the next hour, yeah. and we'll call it good, brother. Sit, sit back and talk. So, anyways, welcome, folks. We're glad you're here. We're here. You're here. We're all here. Scotty, a lot of crap is going on, man. But before we continue, um, I, I do. I want to, uh, you know, last night, dude, any time we talk about Native American history, it touches me. You know, yeah. it, it touches me in multiple yeah. ways. I get pissed off. Um, I reflect we remorse we uh we don't forget our past right but i was thinking last night after the program and i'm so bothered how when you go it was pike's island correct pike's island and it didn't take place on pike's there there was a settlement there at one time but the concentration camp was just this side of pike's island right beneath the fort and pike's island is really only you know that bridge it's like a very narrow channel that comes off the Mississippi and there's a footbridge that goes over and takes you over there. If it dried up, you know, it's, it's like an Island that's set apart by the small channel off the river. Well, what bothers me is that you were looking for the memorial, that structure. Yes. And it bothers me that you would go ask people and people didn't even have a clue. People that were walking in that area didn't even have a clue. Right. You know, how as as an American, right? Here's my question before we get into other topics. You know, what do we do to change this? What do we do to remind Americans not to run and hide from our past? Let's stop taking down statues. Let's stop trying to erase the bad things that have happened because bad things have always happened historically on the face of this planet. You know what I'm saying? Right. So what do right. we got to do to try to be a voice for history, uh, good or bad? to make sure that like this situation does not get overlooked. It's not a walking park folks. There's, there's tragedy that happened here. Tragedy that I believe needs to be remembered, Scotty. Well, they have, uh, it's interesting when you say it's not a walking park, they have made it into a walking park. There are gravel paths, finely cut gravel paths going all through and dirt paths. And I'm not talking like deer paths. These are people ride their bikes down there, walk their dogs down there. There's signs all over, just like a state park, uh, and it is a state park. It's Fort Snelling Snake State Park. But you can go walking through there, and you'll see marquees pointing to this, pointing to that. I will say I didn't see one pointing to the visitor center down there either. And there's a big, beautiful stone structure down there that's the visitor center with the gift shops and all of that um, down below on the river there, right across. It's in the same little cul-de-sac that you can drive down to to see the monument um so they may be at the top of the hill and i didn't see them i will say this walking around in there 
if you want to talk paranormal or spirituality, um, I have always, how do you say this? You can't say, I've really enjoyed the history of Native America. It's not that. Mm. I enjoy the research. I enjoy the study. But it hits you home. It, it, it hits you on an emotional level that's very different. And walking down there, and I mentioned, as I alluded to this yesterday, just walking through them when we found the monument, the monument itself didn't do much for me other than to know that it was built by the Dakota people. And, uh, but I looked at it. There was no markings. There was no placards. There was no nothing reciting the history of why that memorial is there. It just looks like a, almost like a picnic structure is what it looks like. And so I stood there and I was walking. Before we found it, I found I was walking and I was almost in a myopic daze. It's like we're there with the family. We're having fun. Kids throwing rocks in the creek, that kind of stuff. And I just I didn't want to have any part of that. I felt very detached from my family when I was down there because I was trying to find this place. And it wasn't just the guy thing. I'm a guy. I got to find my destination. It was, it was moving. It was, it was uh, driving uh, internally. And when I found it, I had to stay there and Rainy moved on with the kids down the path. They got a, a good city blocks distance ahead of me. And I was very slow. I was trying to take a little video uh, so I could recite what happened there, and it just wasn't right. I couldn't get the words, and I said, forget it. I'm not here to do video. Not this weekend, and Scotty, but next weekend, let's go down there. Let's do it. You let's, and I should go down Let's there. go down there. We'll do a live stream. Um, uh, somebody sent me a message last night after the program, and they asked asked me um, if I would want to go down there and do paranormal work, and I kind of cringed, dude. I, I cringed. I was, I was going to ask you about that because... No, no, we pick up lots of stuff. When we do investigations, we pick up lots of tragedy. You pick up murderers. You pick up people who died from illnesses. You pick up all of that kind of stuff. So it's not being afraid of picking up something that's a negative, but going down there and doing that, we've gone to cemeteries. Right. We've been in cemeteries and we've done recordings. Yeah. Uh, I had one once we were standing in a cemetery down in uh, Red Wing mm. and uh, we got a voice that came back. I was standing there with a few people, played it back and it says, I'm in the ground now. Things like that. EVPs like that. I'm in the ground now. Well, what are you going to get when you go to a Native American site where there was so much heartache and tragedy and loss? Right. What do you pick up? Do you pick up anything? Do you, in, in our own house, our ranch house, we had um, a voice came across to Rainey and said, I'm trying to think of what the word was, but uh, this was out in Western Wisconsin, not far from here, Ellsworth. And uh, it was just before we moved into the house, we took uh, Lisa and a couple of friends of ours and did a little investigation out there. And we got, um, a couple of voices whispering right into the machine, uh, which it sounded like they were in the room with us. But then we got a word that was given to Rainy. Uh, Hoiwechi mm. was what you got. Hoiwechi. And uh, it wasn't that enunciated. 
And uh, so we played that and brought it to a historian friend of ours. He says, Hoiwechi. He says, that's Lakota. And he said, if I'm pronouncing it right, he says, that's Lakota. And it means, basically, it means get out. I'm fine. Don't bother with me. You can leave. I'm okay. You can pass me by. Hoiwechi. So we got get out in Lakota. Uh, at our little ranch house out in the country, which mm. was about a hundred year old house. So um, what would you get? Uh, I think I thought that when I was walking down there, I said, we need to come down here and, and just record and uh, ask if anybody wants to speak to us. You know, there was a little show before you and I were, were really we're gonna hanging to, out. Much we're going to have to bring some tobacco, bro. The same, bro. Yeah, we are. And some other things. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk to my friend Ruben Fasthorse, uh, who, who is Lakota Sioux, and uh, ask him what we would need to do. You think he'd be willing but, to meet us down there? If he, if he's in town, he, he's been uh, between uh, Pine Ridge and Grand Rapids and New York. I don't know where he is right now, but if he's around, I think he would love to come down. I would love to have somebody like him mm-hmm. along. Um. I used to refer to him as my priest, my personal priest. He was a good friend of mine 10, 15 years ago before I met Rainey. So 15, 16 years ago. And uh, he was one of the most peaceful, focus-centered men I knew. Oh, kind of like me. uh, In a different way. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, and I have to say of him, he looks, he used to look, like he walked right out of the movie Dances with Wolves. He was uh, maybe 5'8", five, 5'9", five, and very slight build. Um, he had the long, silky black hair going all the way down his back. He used to do the reenacting with us, the historical reenacting, and very authentic. And he teaches, he's a revivalist with Lakota language and stuff like that. He taught my daughters lots of Lakota language. They lived with us for a while. And so um, he would be somebody I'd like to bring along. But I, th- I did think about that when I was there because now I'm not the best gauge in the world on this stuff. Maybe, Rocky, you can share some of this. You know what this feels like. I remember you when John and you and I went down to Faribault mm. and the voices that were calling, just things calling to you. You could see the things. Do you remember when John said, there's like a, a brave on a horse, uh, like a painted pony, and he's running up to us and yelling and stopping really fast and turning around and running back to the woods and then coming back again. I didn't see that. I didn't experience any feeling out of that, but you were, were totally overtaken by that. And you know, bears do that, are- brother. Bears do that. Bears do that That charge. They'll charge right up to you yeah. and then stop. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it would be interesting. I just, I, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I, there's, um, it's even like with children in the paranormal. I, I find um, I find myself very hesitant to investigate locations where tragedies happen with children. There has to be a true purpose behind why I'm investigating that location. And I feel the exact same way, and I know exactly where you stand when it comes to uh, the indigenous cultures and some of the... Because, believe it or not, there's a lot of history here just in the Twin Cities in regards to um, Native All American history. Us. You know, we have Great Cloud Island who, that has a magnificent yes. history. Um, you have this situation you're talking about. You have Fort Snelling. There's a lot that has gone here that we just seem to have forgotten. You know, it's just... I'm going to tell you this. A little bit of history I learned just the other day when I was out there from one of the guides at the fort, a young woman, and she said, did you know that Pikes Island 
is considered to be by the local native tribes. It was considered to be the center of the earth. This is where creation began. Oh, interesting. Was on this little island. I said, I didn't know that. I had not heard that. I thought that was all in the Black Hills. They have like, uh, uh, and this is really another atrocity of a different kind. Their most sacred mountain in the Black Hills was called Pahasapa. And do you know what that is now? Mm-hmm. That's where they carved Mount Marshmore. Oh, it was like a huge slap in the face to the Native American culture. We're going to carve our four United States presidents on your most sacred rock. Dude, do you think that was intentional, bro? Uh, I don't think it was by accident. Holy shit. Oh, that was your most sacred rock right there? The one called Pahasapa that was the most sacred place on earth to you? Oh, did we get it on the, we meant to do the other mountain. No, I think it had to be when you think about it. Dude, I didn't even know this. I, I didn't know it, bro. Yeah. And so there's that. And this island, Pike's Island, what are you going to get? When I went to Egypt, there was a, a temple that we would go see in Luxor. It was at uh, Menadat Habu. And Menadat Habu was a temple that was built on what was originally the creation mound, the Ogdode, and all of that in ancient, ancient Egyptian religion. The spot of creation was right there. And that's why they built that temple there. And uh, you get feelings for places. And I, I was wondering, now please slap me silly if I'm just being stupid on this stuff. But when I was walking down there, this was my first time there on this site. I was very internally distracted. And I don't think it was just the psychology of, oh, I'm just looking for this place um, or being or being uh, uh, frustrated because I couldn't find the direction. So to when the, you say when you say internally distracted, what uh, explain yeah, it a little was bit like more. Everything just was off. I'm talking about it now. And I and, and uh, you know me. I'm doing everything I can right now to hold back the emotion. The emotion mm-hmm. could just rush up and I'd start crying. And I don't know exactly why. So I'm talking over that. So that doesn't overtake me. But when I was there, I, it, it was like, it wasn't oppressive is not the word because I didn't feel pushed in on. I felt like in trying to describe this in words, it's like having somebody, a psychologist as you. So Rocky, how do you feel? Uh, I feel fine. Um, you know, it's I'm good. So man. I'm walking there and, and I was feeling distracted. Like I couldn't focus on my kids. Couldn't focus on the family. Uh, when we were up at the fort, I was taking pictures of everybody. When we were down there, I have one picture or two pictures I took of everybody down at the bridge to walk over to Pikes Island. And uh, uh, other than that, Rainy took all the pictures down there because I was walking around and I wanted to walk in the woods and see, is this the spot? So is let me, this the spot? Let me psychoanalyze so, this for a second. So you sure. you had this very um, significant experience when you were in Egypt, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, you have an emotional attachment somehow, and I'm not ripping on you. I'm being very serious here. Sure. When you sure. watch Saving Private Ryan, okay? Sure. Yeah. You have this overwhelming rush of emotions and internal distraction when you go to places like Fort Snelling, uh, you, where mm-hmm. the, the camp was at, where, where you were just at last weekend, uh, let me get a little woo-woo here, bro. Let me get a little spiritual here. Do you sure. believe this could be a past life thing? You know, you asked me that, and I asked myself that. I was walking around 
Pikes Island asking myself that question because I was trying to understand why I was so emotionally uh, drawn into this. When I, I wasn't there to get emotional, I was there. I wanted to find the spot. I wanted to take pictures of it. I wanted to do a little live video that say, folks, this is what we talked about the other night. This is one of the spots um, professionally. Mm-hmm. And, and yet I was overtaken emotionally. Uh, I wondered about that very thing because I've had it come up before. And, uh, um, you know, the other night when I was t- t- talk- on the radio talking about some of these sites and, and these, these uh, atrocities that took place, it's very hard. Let me just flip that around the other way. Very easy to let the emotion out and overtake what you're saying. If you, if you don't, and I'm not talking suppressing as, as a general approach to it, but when you're trying to share something with somebody on a professional level, you've got you've to keep that down. And so I felt something when I was there. And you know me, folks, you know me that are listening. I'm not overtaken by silliness too easily. Um, and what I would refer to as silliness is uh, distracted by things that, uh, uh, oh, I just, I, I get lost in the woo of it. I, I, I don't do that. I get, I get lost in the emotion of it mm-hmm, sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know if you, I, I am curious to see how you react when you go there. And um, I think we need to carve out some time. Well, just think about, just think about the, just the imprinted energy that is stuck at that location, bro. Just think about that. You know, think about the residual energy that is stuck, that is playing over and over and over and over in time. And then on top of that, um, think of the intelligent spiritual energy that is still there. I don't know if you want to say protecting the land, if it was a curse, uh, whatever it may be. Um, but it, there, there, there has to be this whirlwind of emotion and energy when you walk oh. into a location. Like, I mean, we go to the, we go to the burial mounds, you know, like mounds park yeah. or something and you feel that emotion, but you go yes. to a place like, uh, where this, this camp was at, uh, I, I, I gotta knot my stomach right now. Just actually thinking about it, Scotty. Imagine how some people react like my wife, uh, has been to Auschwitz. Uh, if you went to a place like Auschwitz where what happened there and you know about it and you're walking through, is it just the, is it psychological? Is just your head knowledge of what happened here and you're a decent human being. And so it can overwhelm you. Mm-hmm. Is it a feel of the place? Um, I would never want to go to Auschwitz and say, ask officially, can we do a ghost hunt? And right. I, I mean, imagine how brazenly dumbass that would be. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean I might not be there at times and try to get a feel for it or turn on my recorder while I'm standing there or something like that. But I, I just wouldn't do anything official. Same with this place. Now, do you know we were going to film at Fort Snelling back in 2008 with uh, Lisa, Lisa Lee. You remember yep, her? Yep. So Lily and uh, Rainey and me and a couple of other people, uh, Nikki. And uh, none of you people know that. I'm just reciting it in my head. And uh, we had Channel 5 up here. KSTP News was going to come. Uh, They were all lined up to bring their cameraman out. They were going to film what we were doing at the fort. And the day before we were going to go out, I get a call from the new person who took over at the Minnesota Historical Society. And she 
told us, no, we're canceling. Uh, we can't have you come out. And uh, I asked, well, and she was just going to let me. Okay, so good luck to you. And so, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Can you explain to me what's up? What changed? Well, she said, we really don't want that kind of publicity for the fort. And I said, well, we're doing a lot of history as well. And it broke down to before she ended the conversation, she said, I'm going to tell you something. She said, the paranormal side of this, she says, I know it exists. And she says, I don't want that. I don't want that stirred up. And I do not want to stir up the Dakota people, local in the Twin Cities that are constantly trying to shut down the fort and places like that. You know, the, the, the more extreme faction of that. And so we were called off the day ahead of time. We had gone in there without permission, just paid to get in. We were looking around when we were scouting the place and we did a couple of EVP runs and we picked up a lot of stuff. Did you really? Uh, in, in the big round tower, uh, the battery, uh, we could oh, hear yeah. voices. Uh, we got in the commandant's house, uh, things like that. Did you know that also, I may have mentioned it on this show, the, the, do you remember from high school the Dred Scott case? Sounds, Dred Scott was a black African slave who sued the who sued his owner because he was held above the Mason Dixon line, oh. which uh, you, there was no slavery allowed above the Mason Dixon line. Well, it happened just happened to be the commandant of the fort, Fort Snelling, that owned him. And you can go visit Dred Scott's quarters, Dred and Martha Scott, right there. On the uh, location, his room is still there. It's they have a speaker in there that sits there, and he tells you about the room and those people. And that was the famous Dred Scott case. Do you think sometimes, uh, like when you talk about some of these locations, like that tower, do you think sometimes these locations are designed in a way that allows the acoustics to interact differently, atmospherically, to be able to allow whether it be intelligent or residual to cross that threshold? Of. I wonder, I know that the whole fort is built out of limestone. Mm -hmm. That's one of your things that they say is holds that residual energy. Um, the space inside that tower, there's a central thing with a circular staircase that goes up. It's all built out of wood and wooden floors on different levels. Uh, and just big open round rooms is what they are. No lighting, no electricity in there. And uh, uh, so I don't know what you're picking up when you're in there, but we got, oh, uh, something about a dog. Somebody was looking for their dog. Oh. Um, oh, no. have you seen my dog? Oh. Something like that. So they're still looking and, for their dog after all these years, bro. Yeah. Yeah. That was in the battery there. So again, uh, I cannot emphasize enough. I wasn't even going to talk about this today. So all off the top of my head, but yeah, you and I definitely need to carve out some time before it gets cold out. I want to go down there. Well, Scotty, uh, you know what, though? There's, we, we got about a minute and a half here. I just want to say that there's certain sure. topics, and, and I'm really glad that you did that. Again, folks, get to Scotty's YouTube channel. It's Mr. Scotty Roberts. And last week, uh, I believe the majority of the week, he covered a lot of this indigenous history uh, in regards to the Twin Cities area. And there's a lot of things. This is what I love about this show is that we, we go into these conversations, and a lot of these conversations, Scotty, stick with us. Even if we talked about it two years ago and we revisit these conversations, yeah. Um, I think it's important that we revisit these conversations. I think it's important that we educate and understand history and uh, and not run from history. I think that's one of our biggest points and one of the biggest grievances we had when they started taking down all the statues throughout the country is that good or bad, 
you know, it's what made this country what it is. It's it's what's is supposed to make us better people. It's supposed to it's what makes us a better country. But um, it just seems like people are more afraid of their emotions being hurt, uh, being offended, or being able to actually confront some of the realities. And I tell you, it's the history of the human race. We've been vicious since day one, you know. So anyways, folks, we're going to go catch our breath when we come back. The cannoli wants to talk a little bit about some current events, beta or work. And some gun control stuff, ladies and gentlemen. You try to hit current events every now and then. You know what I'm talking about. Hey, the Situation Room, <laughs> Mojo Five O Radio, StreamingTalkRadio.com. Love you guys. Stand by. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> Should I do that? I, mean, I make myself dizzy when I do that. <laughs> You know, I was trying really hard last segment to, to find a couple spots to throw in the face, but it's kind of hard to do that, Canoli, when, you know, you're talking about some serious shit, bro. You know, you just can't, know, you just can't do the face when you're talking about... I, I got to say this, too, is that, and no insult meant to anybody, no, no offense to anybody. But you know how people come into the live chat room, they like to joke around, they get into off topics and stuff. And I have a couple of people that sometimes like to come in, and I love the fact that they're there and that they're listening, they're good, faithful listeners. But sometimes they just, they think everything needs to be a joke. And when I would do some of this stuff on on uh, Wounded Knee last week, there were some people that, that were very, uh, I thought it was. Just say it, bro. Just say it, bro. Some of the things they said, I, f- I felt were disrespectful. Like Not what? to what? me personally. What, what to were they the saying? Topic. Come on, what were they saying? Oh, oh, oh! I, I said something about wounded knee, and somebody said something about, you know, uh, alluding to oral sex by saying, "Oh, dropping to your knees, dropping knees." Oh. And and I'm, I was going to say, you know, that's just not appropriate here. Uh, not because I don't get the humor and I don't use humor like that from time to time, but I would think that. You and I, we can read very well off of each other. Mm-hmm. And when you're an adult and you think in a mature way, you can certainly figure out, well, this is a time I drop a blowjob joke and this is a time I don't um, based on topic. And I'm not trying to pull anybody out. I hope nobody really remembers what and when and where that was said. But um, it's because I'm not trying to come down on that person. I'd come down on them personally if I needed to. But somebody else said to them, they said, uh, I don't joke around during this kind of talk. Maybe we shouldn't be, maybe we should be a little more somber about this. And I don't want my shows on topics like this to be somber, but there are points where, um, you know, uh, you just don't say certain things. You didn't, you didn't get up through Schindler's list and start making jokes about kids wearing pink jackets. Right. That's the wrong place to do it. And uh, you didn't tell Jewish jokes. You know, you just didn't do it. And there, there's a time and a place. So that bothers me a little bit. Maybe that's a personal thing with me. And 90%, 90% of oh, this show here is the time. 90%. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, but I'm the same way. You know, the, the, when I went back and during the last segment, Scotty, and even when I even brought up the fact that, you know, if we, when we go to this place, you know, 
are we crossing that threshold of respect by doing paranormal work, you know, at a location that such tragedy has happened? You know what I'm saying? You know, the way I see that you had even Wavoka, the, their, their, their Messiah that was telling them dance the ghost dance. And he says, in a sense, he was saying, because he's saying it's going to raise the ghosts of those who died before you. They were trying to invoke the spirit to come and raise things and change things. Uh, I think uh, in a, not even a sideways way, just a different way. There is, I tried to get a show off the ground uh, uh, called uh, dead reckoning many years ago. And it was with Lisa and others that were involved in that. And I wasn't invited, bro. I think this is before I knew you. It's 2008. All right, cool. And, uh, but we, uh, (laughs) Um, the idea was to go hit it was, I wanted to do a paranormal television show that was different, not many different ways you can investigate for ghosts, but there are different packages you can wrap it in where history meets horror. I, I wanted to do a show that was focused on all the forts and the native settlements in the five state area here, the Dakotas and Minneapolis and Wisconsin and Iowa. And I thought it would be good to go to these locations and see what we could do. I know now like a place like the Custer battlefield, they don't allow uh, paranormal investigation, but um, I have seen historians walking in those places. And even uh, Tony Robinson, uh, British uh, historian. um, For those of you who ever watched black adder, he played Baldrick in black adder, the, the idiot. But he's, uh, he's, he's a writer, and he's an archaeologist, a historian. And he was here in America doing a, a series on the American West. And uh, um, he was walking through some of these sites, and even he said, uh, one of the, the park rangers, the guy in the smoky bear hat and, the, and you know the park ranger outfit that he was walking through where Custer died, right between the gravestones, all the spots they're walking there, and the the ranger said, uh, and he was a very serious man, and he said, the spirits here are really heavy. And he said, you, and, and it wasn't because Tony was asking him about, about doing anything paranormal. I think the questions were, you know, what do you get here when you're here? It wasn't a paranormal show. It was a history show. And he said, the spirits here are overwhelming. Something mm. is so full of spirits here. And you can only imagine. And so you get to a site like that where these things took place. And uh, there are places like Auschwitz. I'm almost afraid to walk into a place like that. Totally. Totally. Because I have never believed myself to be psychic. But I'm, I'm getting it right now. Right now I'm being barraged with feelings about talking about this stuff. And like I say, it's right on the edge and I got to keep it down. You, you ride the surface of that. I got this this flash of going through these places, even the Custer battlefield, the greasy grass, as the natives called it, Native Americans called it, the bighorn, little bighorn. And um, that is a is a place where I'm just picturing it in my head and I'm thinking, oh, my God, could I even walk in that place right. and not be overwhelmed? Um, and I think that's where I feel some of these things. And that might be some of what we were talking about, what we alluded to at the very beginning of this branch of the conversation was just uh there's heavy stuff out there but i also believe 
as we said, and the reason I brought up the old show we were trying to do was to say, we were hoping to get some of these spirit voices that could talk to us and share with us their feelings on things, their, uh, anything they had to say on these topics. Um, and there's a certain, yeah, there's a certain thrill factor that's associated with that. But at the same time, what other way do you think you could get, and it wouldn't be viable in a history book, but what other way could you get a firsthand word on something right? like the spirits uh, of the past? Yeah. It's like the, the Hoiwechi that Rainey got at our ranch house, which was, it wasn't a get out. It was a go away. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about me. I'm in good spirits. Mm. Um, things like that. And, uh, Upstairs in the same house, we got a, a young girl's voice. I sent this one to you, I think, years ago, uh, saying, and it's so buried in the white noise in my daughter's bedrooms up there. That said, get out right now. Ooh, and I thought it bro. sounded like a child. And that was almost the tone of voice I could hear. Get out right now. Did you listen? And you slowed it down or you did something to modify it so we could hear it better. And you said, that ain't a woman. That's not a female voice. It sounded like a kid and it came out like an adult when you uh, tried to fix it up so we could hear it better. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's so embedded in the, in the white noise. You almost can't hear it. Yeah. I heard it first. Because you got to, and there, there's something folks that, that we run into a problem because sometimes we have to clean up audio to try to hear because a lot of the most significant EVPs or spirit box comes in behind the noise. And what you got to do is you actually have to take all white noise out. You need to amplify, take more noise out. And as you grow the vocals, you're also growing white noise. So you got to constantly keep taking that out. But so while you do that, you're also manipulating the audio. And um, so there's that, there's that line. That's why when we say class A EVP is when we get something to where you don't need to do any of that. And you're able to listen back to it and hear clearly what it is. Um, (laughs) Because the more you manipulate it, the more you are running into the wall of skepticism. So that's that's right. kind of where we stand. I had a, a good skeptic friend of mine that I played the raw footage on that too. I, I don't hear anything. Of course. I said, again, you can't miss it. You know, I asked, I I asked um, Scotty, or not Scotty, I asked Jeff something yesterday, and I want to get your input on this. Um, okay. You know, we sit here, and, you know, our belief and perception goes a long way in a lot of different things. So I apologize to people that listened last night. I don't mean to regurgitate something that we just talked about, but I, w- I want to get your input on this, Scotty. Um, we form our own perception based off our belief system. Um, so it seems like, here's an example. The more paranormal work I'm doing, if I do it every week, or spiritual work, okay, whether it be chakra work, uh, whether it be whatever kind of spiritual work, it may be psychic ability work, uh, however it is. It seems like the more you do it, the more you open up, the more experiences that you have. Uh, it seems like if I go six months without doing any kind of paranormal work, it's like I don't think about it as much, and I stop noticing significant signs around us that are happening all the time. So when you deal with somebody who's a skeptic, who's already created the perception that it's not real, their mind is automatically going to be closed off to it. Right. But when you get somebody like us, the more you do it, the more you notice it, the more you experience it, the easier it is to communicate with it. So does our perception truly create our physical reality? Yes, uh, our perceptions do create our physical reality. But what you have to do, I believe, and I believe you can get around that by saying, I have to be aware that my mind has the, has the 
capability of creating something that I'm looking for. I get the psychology of it. Uh, but at the same time, um, you have to be able to sidestep that a little bit. Uh, it's like when, when uh, oh, I don't know, when I do readings for people with tarot cards, um, I'll, I'll do a reading and I have to separate myself from their emotions. Mm -hmm. And you have to read it like, I remember once, <laughs> just before I met Rainey, I broke up with a woman that I'd been dating for five years. Damn, bro. Heart-wrenching. It was heart wrenching, and I didn't want the breakup. To cry, and uh, she just wasn't didn't want to be permanent. And but she came to me and asked me if I'd do a reading for her. Oh. I said, "Are you in my head?" I'm going, "Are you effing kidding me?" And I said, "Yeah, I'll do a reading." And I had to do a reading for I did a reading for her, and I had to totally block off everything I felt or knew about her, so I wouldn't go ah ah. Here's the bitch card. <laughs> oh, look at this stinky slut card. Um, you know, and uh, here's the bitch card. Now what? Now, where are you going with that? You want me to read more? Um, so but I had to close all of that off and, and just say, here's what I see. And, and as a responsible reader, I had not to not put my emotion into it. So I have to do the same thing. When I, when I approach this stuff, but do you think we create, do you create, do you think our belief system creates false positives? Mm, yes, it could. I, uh, that's, that's in anything, right? Uh, we do that. Our belief system about, I mean, look at it. Let's stay on this kind of topic of cheating whores. Oh. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have used that word. Uh, since I was talking about reading for my former, uh, girlfriend. Um, so I'll let's, take it that she cheated on you, Roberts. Oh, dude. 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 What's yeah. up? <laughs> Here, let's see what the card says. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome, bro. Wow. Oh, you got the heels in the air card. Wonder what that means. Let's read that one a little further. Damn. Uh, so no, our, our, our emotions, our, our belief systems can all really set those things for us. This is what I tried to do when I was in seminary. When I was in ministry, when I was looking at the things I was indoctrinated into, I had to keep pulling myself back from it going, now, wait, I got to step outside the box and look in. I can't look at these things from inside. I have to step outside so I can view it objectively. And uh, because we do have that propensity to make things. If uh, that was one thing, one of my skeptics, the same skeptic friend I had who listened to that EVP, he said, when I was telling him, you know, I saw a face and I picked up recording, he goes, well, you know, you got to admit, Scott, you know, you were out there. It was three in the morning. You're tired. You're looking for ghosts. You want to find a ghost. And what do you get? You get a ghost. And I asked him, I said, have you ever known me to be a person in the 25 years you've known me to act that way? I need to see a ghost so flipping bad that I'm going to create one. And he goes, well, you got me there. You're not that kind of person. I said, no, I'm not. And then I played my evidence for him. And he goes, well, that's pretty weird evidence. I can't explain that. <laughs> I said, I can. Uh, so, yeah, I think we can do that. Um, I don't know what conclusion you reached. What did you reach on that? Well, that I, question of manifest, can you create things? Well, to, I do. I So I, I believe that it's the, the mechanism, the, the capabilities of the human mind. I think that's where I go with this, is that we are greater 
and more powerful than our minds perceive it to be. And we are truly the creators of our reality, right? Sure. Um, in order to be able to dabble with alternative or alternative realities, uh, to be able to have experiences from a spiritual level or a paranormal level, I believe that your mind has to be open to it. Um, it, you know, in a way to where even, even like when we do the Renaissance, half of the audience, Scotty, you know, this half of the audience that comes in there is completely skeptical, but they're not so closed minded that they won't show up for this event because they still want to give that experience the opportunity. Now, people like that may have an experience or may not. And then even when they do have the experience, it's going to be their manufactured thought process that is going to come up with every reason to come up with reasons why that's not real. Now, when you look at it from a different perspective and you approach it differently and you're open to it, it seems like more things happen. So are we yes. tuning in our bodies? I'll use my nipples. Are we are we adjusting our frequency to try to align with uh, a parallel universe uh, to be able to communicate, experience it, feel it? Um, are we able yeah. to tune into that? And the more that we're capable of tuning into this, does that make it real? I believe that to be fact. Uh, we do the same thing in life. You and I, we talk a lot on this program about the victim mentality. If you create right. the perception that you are a victim off the, the actions of another person, then you will remain that victim. Uh, no matter how tragic, I'm telling you folks, no matter how tragic, we can grab situations and we can figure out ways, no matter if we need to manipulate our reality to be able to survive at a sanity level, we can turn tragedy into a way to make us better people. And that's why when we talk about the indigenous history of this country, it's horrific. Bad things happen. We can't change it. We're not leaving, right? We're here. Um, But we can sit here and we can remember this tragedy in a way that we recognize the people that lost their life. Same thing with slavery. We recognize those that have lost their life and we don't forget it. We don't bury it, but we make it uh, in a way to where it makes this country, the people of this country, better people. Unfortunately, this mainstream, Scotty, has trained people to think differently. They have trained people to run and hide from horrifying history. Um, They have taught people to be victims of life experiences. And instead of teaching people to become a better person from that life experience, we'd rather just medicate them and keep them in that victimized mentality. So I think it goes all over the spectrum. Like you just, you, you said it clearly. It can go in any aspect of life on when it comes to perception. So, yeah, man, I don't know. I, I just well, that's that's what we what we talk about when we talk about being offended, uh, which is uh, something I don't give a rat's ass if I'm offended or you're offended or anybody's offended, right. because you know why I don't. There can be real offense. I can find ways to offend you. You could find ways to offend me. But what that really is is the other person is trying to offend you. You don't have to be offended because you can make the choice. No matter what that dumbass just said to me, I can choose to be offended by it and be hurt and victimized, or I can choose to go, you're kind of a dumbass for saying that, right, and right. I'm not going to let your words affect me. And and so we well, make are, a people, choice. People are trying to bring you to their place. Yes. Uh, they're trying to bring you there. The same, it's the thing with slavery. It's the thing with everything out take any atrocious issue 
that we can deal with. And you can say, I can treat this as history and then we all better damn well learn from it and move on from it. Or we can remember when you were talking about the guy that got up at a meeting once Mm -hmm. and was crying about all the, you made the statement of, I I choose not to live there. I, I have experiences, but my experiences are back there. Same with mine. I choose to not live there because if I dwelt there, I would be a victim. I would be a piece of, uh, of, of uh, melting puddly tears all the time. And so you say, I leave that back there and I move that way. I move away from it. Doesn't mean I lose the memory of it or the lesson learned from it, but I choose to not let that be a part of who I am anymore. Right. And it's the same way with offense. I choose not to be offended by those words or those things or those actions. I get more offended by little stuff. And you know me where I go, God, what did that guy mean? Apparently, whoa. And then I, I'm being more insecure than I'm being offended. And so I, I have, we have to look at, and this is exactly what you're talking about. Same in the paranormal. It's that same stuff. I can choose to be um, uh, carried away by that, by my psyche, by my emotional makeup, by my, or I can choose and it's not that we aren't supposed to express those things ever. It's that you have to choose certain things when you're trying to do something worthwhile. If I'm trying to find something, I can't be overrun by, by my emotions with it. Although I can acknowledge them, if they overrun me, my research is, is, uh, is faulted from the beginning. So, uh, th- th- you know, that's a, but that's not to say what started this whole line of conversation that I didn't walk through that park down there and feel overwhelmed. And, but if I was to do investigation work, I'd have to, I'd have to push that overwhelmed goes over here for a while. So I can think clearly as I'm doing it. You know, you, you, we, when we sit here and we talk about, I'm, I'm having all these different thoughts um, in regards to our history and, and supposedly, you know, to make us better people, we talk about perception, um, we talk about character, the strength of the, you know, the strength of the human mind. You know, I, I, when we even, even time Scotty, like when we'll go on to like the daily mail and we'll post a comment, right. Or we'll yeah. go to New York post on Facebook and we post a comment. Uh, very few people can actually rebuttal or have a, a counter view on a topic without being insulting. Where do we run into a line? in in our existence to where we continue to forget about where we come from and is forgetting where we come from declining the mentality of our society in a way that we can get to a point to where there's no turning back meaning that we're turning into a group a society of vicious um victimized vampires you know what i'm saying um, I do this country alone is, is, is the little time it's existed on this planet as the United States it has its fair share of tragedy it has its definitely fair share of war and death and turmoil. And, you know, and I could say that for any country, I guess, because we go to the middle East and they've been, they've been, it's been bloodshed for hundreds of years, thousands, of thousands years. of years. When do we get to a point to where we turn these tragedies and 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 make them out to make this world a better place? Because it's not doing that right now. Because whenever there's a tragedy, there's anger. 
and we're not learning how to heal from this anger in a positive way. We're using this angry as a tool of motivation towards our personal ideological views on what we think this world should be. And anybody that opposes these views are viciously attacked. Well, yeah, and we've talked about this around this topic before. Um, it's the choices we make. I bring up the example that pops in my mind, which I've mentioned before, is when I talk to somebody who was a militant Islamist. Um, and he was not in America. I was talking to him on some channel once. <coughs> he was all about killing and hate uh, toward Israel. And that's what the topic was. And I, I asked him in the course of conversation, I said, do you realize that you and I both have the capability to teach our children to hate and to kill and to die? I said, is that what you want for your children? I said, you may feel strongly about what you believe, but is that where you want the world you want your children to live in is to annihilate somebody else? Um, I said, wouldn't it all change? And I'm not talking singing kumbaya around a campfire and roasting weenies. I'm, I'm talking about wouldn't it change if you had a mentality that said, I choose to not give offense. I choose to not be offended. And I choose to work together to make it better. Now, now that sounds so sing-songy in our world today. But I got to tell you something. Recounting the stuff I did about Wounded Knee last week, really led me to believe as I was talking, I was just talking stream of consciousness about this stuff. And I thought I'm sounding a lot like the people I criticize when they're saying we want an apology or we want reparations or we want this uh, for slavery and stuff. And I thought about that for a minute and I thought I understand a little better just by talking about this stuff, where that mentality comes from. It doesn't mean I agree with its outcome. It means I'm, if you can, what's the old saying? Uh, you, you found it, if you ever read the book in, in middle school, uh, 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 To Kill a Mockingbird, uh, where Atticus says to his young daughter, sometimes you got to step into another man's shoes and walk around in him for a while, and then you'll understand why he thinks and does the things he thinks and does. And uh, so I get it. I think that there's an extreme thing, but trying to find ways to. Uh, what's the language? I'm careful because I don't want to come across like I'm sounding like some kind of victim or SJW or anything like that. But I think there's a point where no matter what political persuasion you have, you have to understand that it doesn't matter what the calculation is, the calculus of the deal. It matters what the outcome is and how it has affected people. And so you have to ask yourself, how am I supposed to, as a good person, react to that person, even though I might disagree with them ideologically? Uh, do I call them a buffoon, uh, an idiot, something worse than that? Oh. Yeah, um, you know, that that's the big question. Do we use those things to respond like you were saying? Or do we say, you know what? If I stop my own bullshit for a minute, I can understand you better. It doesn't mean I agree with your outcomes. It means I can understand your starting point. And if we take time to understand each other's starting points, 
maybe we can find solutions in the here and the now. Right. Right. So I don't know that, that some people could listen to that and go, Rocky, Scotty's going liberal on you. He's going, going progressive. It, it doesn't have anything to do with liberal or progressive. It has to do. It's like, it's like that article I wrote that I have on my academia site, which I said, um, it was pretty much, I ended it and I concluded with liberals and conservatives be damned. This right. is about human, right. not humanism about being human. Boom. Bro. It's already in the end of the hour, bro. We're already up uh, on time. We, we were supposed to talk current events today. Didn't get to it at all. That's what we do, bro. What's up here? Here's, here's current events for you in two seconds. Betsy O'Rourke, he can go kiss my ass. Yeah, he's a punk. What? That's what? It. So, hey, folks, don't forget, visit um, kickassbeefjerky.com, kickassbeefjerky.com. Use code word, all lowercase, meatball, and uh, get 10% discount off your order. With that being said, folks, we are down to the bottom of the hour. Don't forget, catch Scotty Roberts Monday through Friday, 9 o'clock Central Standard Time odyssey radio or check him out on his youtube channel mr scotty robertson of course the situation room monday through friday sunday nights at midnight eastern time of course or 11 o'clock central mojo odyssey all over the freaking world right here with the cannoli and the meatball ladies and gentlemen we love the hell out of you don't forget rule number one don't take shit from nobody good night everybody good night everyone live long and prosper